Mr. Speaker. All right, time to get political here on Radio 191 FM's Breakfast, brought to you by the Otago Museum. Uh, Sarah Martin and Phil Ferguson are both one day, so it's just John and I. Morena to you, John. Morena, just the two of us. Just the two of us. We um, can make it if you try. That's right, <laughs> you and I. You and I, John, we're here. Um, yes, and can you make it? What if you have a slip-up? Maybe you can't make it. Maybe you'll be out of cabinet. Who true, knows? very Who knows? true. A yes. couple of ministers are in trouble. Uh, dodgy meetings and perhaps um, some authoritarian, uh, uh, some, some heavy-handed tactics yes. uh, inside ministerial offices. Um, what's going on? What's the goss? Well, um, it's all pretty obvious why Claire Curran has been booted out of cabinet. And just to make clear, she um, still holds a um, ministerial post for broadcasting, mm. um, not for open government, I believe, which would be just too ironic. Uh, yes, just <laughs> so uh, Claire Curran once again uh, has had a, a meeting which she didn't declare, didn't put in her diary. Um, and this might seem surprising to some people out there. What does it matter if a, if a, um, if a minister has a meeting with someone and forgets to put in their diary? But it's all part of that process of transparency um, and, and making sure that there's not corruption, that there's no underhandedness going on. Mm. Um, and, and also the ability of the opposition to, to question ministers over their meetings and, and exactly what they're getting up to. And, and, and Claire Curran has been very far from being open and candid. Yeah. Um, um, for the second time now, uh, the first time she got um, Radio New Zealand's boss Carol Hirschfeld fired um, through her actions of secretly meeting Carol Hirschfeld, um, and this time um, she had, she met well apparently uh, without declaring it um, she met uh, Sky TV director Derek Hanley, and this is at a time where there's some sensitive issues coming up, such as um, uh, where legislation will be passed to make um, uh, uh, sport freely available on TV. Yes. So. Um, um, was this just a stuff up on uh, Claire Curran's part? Um, possibly with meeting with the um, uh, head of uh, Sky TV, Derek Henley, uh, but um, clearly in the case of um, uh, meeting Carol Hirschfeld, it, it did feel quite underhand and uh, a bit uh, conspiratorial to some degree. Uh, in that, um, Carol Hirschfeld was one of the few backers in Radio New Zealand that uh, backed um, Claire Curran's call for some form of public TV that mm. would be uh, backed up by Radio New Zealand. Mm. Well, the second one can't be a mistake, right? Because if you've done it once and you got reprimanded for it, mm. you're not going to do it again. Yeah, um, you'd think so. Uh, Claire Curran's not been known over the years for making a few stuff ups and uh, uh, saying inappropriate things. And some people who have accused her of having a, uh, being a bit arrogant. Uh, and, and, and maybe this was uh, her arrogance coming out, maybe it was her sloppiness coming out, or maybe it was underhand. Uh, mm-hmm. um, it, it's hard to prove such things, but um, definitely she doesn't deserve to be in 
cabinet anymore and arguably uh, especially when she had that post of open government yeah. and this uh, Labour-led government has, has before the election anyway was pushing the idea that it would be a more open and transparent and candid uh, regime um, yeah I, I would argue that there's a strong case for saying that Claire Curran um, shouldn't be holding shouldn't hold any ministerial positions now well yeah well, open government would be ironic but it's also ironic that she's still holding the broadcast minister's portfolios purely for the fact that it's been broadcasters she's been meeting with. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that's ironic as yeah, well. You know, because um, that's you know, because she's getting in trouble for meeting people within that role of that portfolio. So therefore, mm. if you're going to take a portfolio away or anything away, it should be that portfolio. Yeah, I, I would agree, and I think there's something slightly chilling about her sort of uh, so-called secret meetings with uh, top people in media, uh, especially when she's Minister of Broadcasting, when we generally, people in New Zealand, uh, believe in the idea of a free press, uh, of non-government interference in in the news and in the media. Uh, And here is uh, the Minister of Broadcasting secretly meeting with major players in the media, previously Carol Hirschfeld, who was Radio New Zealand's news boss, uh, and, and now the um, uh, the head of Sky. So questions have to be asked. Is there any sort of undue pressuring or is there an overly sort of friendly relationship between mm. the Minister of Broadcasting and certain people in the media? Um, and it's hard to ask those questions when she actually keeps it secret yeah. uh, uh, her meeting with these people. Yeah, and especially, I mean, Sky is a private entity. Um, mm. And obviously, the government runs TVNZ. TVNZ is teaming up with Spark for the Rugby World yes. Cup. Um, you know, and maybe they're looking at scope around doing the same kind of thing so they can hold on to those kinds mm. of programmings um, with their free to air television channel Prime um, and, you know, maybe working, you know, trying to get government cash to help bring. Um, some sports free to air so they can mm. hold on to the rights of those sports you know because they're floundering they're losing um, uh, thousands of subscribers yeah those guys in the uh, potential big crisis yes I mean they just lost a lot of money they did like half a uh, quarter of a billion dollars um, part of that was a write-off but still it's a huge amount six percent loss in the last uh, I think financial year of subscribers before Ooh. that it was like a good 30 percent I think it was massive so mm. they're in a lot of trouble so they'd be clambering Right yeah, now, yeah, uh, and to have a secret meeting uh, at a time where a private company's in a bit of trouble, and having a secret meeting with a broadcast minister, just you know, that's yeah. Well, actually, maybe it, it stinks. Yeah, I think it's, it stinks. I think it stinks. I think it stinks. And and, and the um, you know opposition and and people generally in civil society, the media have a right to question the minister of broadcasting over these meetings and, mm. and to get details of what was discussed. Yes. And, and and if she's just um, uh, hiding these meetings from the public and from her own colleagues and from yeah. her boss, Jacinda Ardern, yeah. then um, uh, kickbacks. No <laughs> jokes. Sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, uh, but the thing is that people are going to make accusations like that if she ha- continues to have secret meetings uh, with people and, and not be open and transparent. Mm, that's right, that's right. And then we move on to uh, Mika Fidity. Um, she has lost, well, she's she's uh, stepped down at the moment from her roles. Um, she seems like she's had really high turnover at her office and allegations of fighting with her press secretary are coming out. Mm. This reminds me of uh, Down South. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, with the last Labour uh, national government, oh, yes. and the um, I can't even remember that person's name anymore. Yes, the, the young chap down south. Yes. Um, yeah, it's not looking good for Mecca Faiteri. Uh, of course, um, as with everyone, she should be given the benefit of the doubt, or at least be presumed innocent until proven guilty. We're not talking about her going to a court of law here uh, yet, uh, but um, clearly an investigation needs to be held, and um, I think most people would think it was appropriate that she stepped down. Um, and... Yeah, so the, the, there's rumours flying around, there's accusations flying around. There does seem to be uh, um, arguments that there was a toxic environment uh, mm. within the workplace where she's the boss, um, Minister of Customs, and um, yeah, there's been uh, accusations of some level of violence. So uh, this is quite serious stuff. Um, I guess it could lead to, if, if there's truth in these accusations, it could lead to a prosecution. Um, Which would lead to a by-election. Yes, and to a by-election indeed. And um, so I, I guess the big question is, is this Jacinda Ardern's fault that she's got two naughty ministers? Um, and uh, would it have been different under, say, John Key or even going back to Helen Clark? And Helen Clark actually recently came out and, and said she would have been a lot tougher. Um, it, well, it, they've, it, both had, they've both had naughty MPs and they both had MPs that ended up losing their jobs. Indeed, indeed. So the question is, uh, uh, has Jacinda Ardern actually been too soft in, in the punishment she's handed out so far? Should she have just sat Claire Curran going back to um, her meeting with uh, Carol Hirschfeld um, and... Um, Although I guess with the case with Mecca um, uh, Faiteri, uh, we have to see what actual concrete evidence comes yeah. out. But if there were uh, rumours or accusations of a toxic working environment, um, you know, uh, gossip gets around Parliament pretty quickly. Uh, uh, did Jacinda Ardern deal with that? Um, and only time will tell. Um, yeah. Uh, well, you've got to let, you've got to let the process. Mm. Run right. Mm. You've got to have. A, you've got to allow there to be an investigation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it would be deeply unfair just to sack someone uh, based on accusations. That's right. And if the accusations turn out to be false, then you're looking at a world of trouble anyway. Mm. And then mm. you, you know, and it's going to probably make uh, quite an unstable government. It might mm. be. Um, she might be popular within the caucus with the, with her new colleagues, mm. and you know, and if you're heavy-handed straight off the bat without going through a full Could investigation, a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, but is this is is you know, is this a local issue, or um, just within the seats uh, where they sit, or is the government in trouble? Um, the government's potentially in trouble if Jacinda Ardern isn't. Isn't seen to handle this with uh, decisive action mm. and, and, and with firmness. Um, but again, as you said, uh, she's overly firm and overly disciplinary, uh, and it, it turns out that some of these accusations aren't true, then that would cause a backlash against the Dern. Mm -hmm. um, um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying the government's in crisis over um, the trouble with these two ministers, uh, but it does put the spotlight on Jacinda Ardern's leadership. And, and the contrast between her and, say, Helen Clark before, who was just uh, no messing around, you're yeah. out, you're out, you're out. Um, but I think the general mood has been that um, 
the, the electorate hasn't wanted another Helen Clark. Uh, they've wanted a, a, a leader who's more collaborative, and in a sense, Justin Durden has to be more collaborative because uh, um, because of the uh, the number of seats Labour has in in, in Parliament. Yeah, well, it's not exactly. the biggest party in Parliament. National actually is, and it, it's it's so reliant on um, the Greens and New Zealand First that. Yeah, it can't always get its way. Yeah. Are we far away enough from an election where this won't affect Claire in running again, um, if she so chooses to? Or will, I, I, will, yeah, they, will I, Labour ask her not to? Yeah, I guess she... Uh, yeah, that's a big question. Um, I mean, she got a, a pretty good result last time. Um, oh, uh, South Dunedin, you know, it's Dunedin but they South. But they had lost the party vote before. That's true. Uh, and, and they got that back, so... Um, uh, that that will give Claire Curran a bit of kudos. Um, I'd say I, I think a, as long as she keeps her head down and behaves herself from now on, and as long as nothing else comes out um, that we don't already know in regard to these two incidences or any other incidents, uh, then I think she should be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the question will be whether um, Jacinda Ardern will have her back in cabinet if she be- behaves herself over, say, a series of months or mm-hmm. an, uh, over a year. All right, um, let's move to Chelsea Manning, um, the US whistleblower and activist who has been banned from speaking in Australia. Uh, She wants to come to Aotearoa um, to talk, uh, I guess, about um, what she did in her time uh, within the US Army Intelligence and her release of documents. Mm. Um, The Nats are against this. Um, Yeah, and and the Nats are against her coming. Why are the Nats... Uh, so, you know, don't, why don't they want her to come? Well, um, Chelsea Manning's a very controversial figure. Um, um, she's a former intelligence analyst in the US Army. She served in the Iraq War. And um, after being convicted of leaking um, a whole lot of classified military and diplomat, diplomatic documents, uh, she, she was imprisoned and, and spent seven years in prison. And it wasn't until um, Barack Obama um, commuted her original 35-year sentence that, that she was released. Mm. Um, so National um, are, are basically saying, and, and especially Michael Woodhouse, immigration spokesperson, is saying that um, she's a convicted criminal, uh, uh, she's... Um, um, uh, her actions have possibly had consequences for people's lives. Uh, she's. Uh, uh, it would upset the Americans uh, potentially if she was allowed to come to New Zealand and speak, and therefore she should be effectively banned from yeah. coming into New Zealand. Yeah, I mean we we are just starting in the last five five years, let's say, um, to regain a little bit of the relationship we lost uh, after the nuclear ban. Mm. Um, you know, and once the ANZUS Treaty broke down in the last the last term of the Obama government, and I'm not actually quite sure how it's going since Trump's been in, but certainly in at least uh, Obama's last term, after we sent troops to Afghanistan and Iraq and, and everywhere else, we've started to get a better relationship. Mm. Uh, we've 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 done military exercises with them again, uh, and obviously she she was part of the U.S. government uh, military and was military documents that were released. Um, so it, yeah, it could be seen as upsetting not just the the U.S. government but the U.S. military. 
Yeah, exactly. And um, th- that's one reason why she's uh, probably going to be banned from coming into Australia, um, mm. at least. Um, um, however, uh, as, as uh, Act Leader David Seymour uh, uh, has recently stated in relation to the issue, uh, do we want to be seen as a vassal state of America? Mm, yeah. um, do we want to determine who can come in? and can't come into the country on the basis of American state sensitivities. Dot um, com. Yeah, and, and good on David Seymour uh, for saying that. Um, and, yeah, so for me, it, this is a freedom of speech issue, whether you agree with what Chelsea Manning did and see her as a hero, yeah. uh, or whether you think she's a, a, a traitor uh, and, and a coward or whatever. Um, uh, should she have a, Should people have a right to hear what she has to say in New Zealand? Uh, and to me, therefore, it becomes an issue of free speech and political freedom, where um, d- despite you might detest her political ideas, uh, and she has become a political activist since being released from prison, uh, nonetheless, uh, should people be denied the right to hear what she has to say? Yeah. Uh, so therefore, yes, it's, it's a free speech issue. And it shows the hypocr- hypocrisy of National. Um, so when we had the... Uh, Two Canadian uh, alt-right speakers, uh, Stephen Molyneux and Lawrence Southern, come to New Zealand, and there was a lot of talk about potentially banning them. Uh, they were certainly banned from using um, public uh, buildings in Auckland. Um, National actually came out with uh, what seemed quite a firm free speech line, saying we don't want to shut down ideas and it's chilling if, if people are banned just because we don't like their ideas. They weren't criminals, though. I mean, no, sh- like, no. Chelsea does need a special exemption to get in. Mm, okay. Uh, and uh, as people pointed out, there's a, there's a whole lot range of, of political leaders that are now seen or have been seen as statesmen, stateswomen like Nelson Mandela, um, um, or if we go right back to, say, Martin Luther King, uh, where people have engaged in illegal activities, uh, but um, uh, in, the, in hindsight or even at the time, it was seen as fair enough. That if you've got an oppressive regime or if you've got discrimination, or mm. in the case of Chelsea Manning, when you've got uh, uh, alleged uh, incidences of, of, say, murder, um, uh, by uh, military personnel and she releases videos and information pointing to illegal activities by military personnel then you can say well that's absolutely the right thing uh, yeah. to do and although she's technically a criminal uh, uh, is she in the moral right or wrong? Yeah. Would we be upset if Australia didn't let in um, our own whistleblower girl by can't remember his name you know uh about the things that happened in Afghanistan? Oh, yes. Uh, um, yes, I can't remember his name either. Well, Jesus, <laughs> so, apologise for that. Uh, hopefully all the listeners understand. Well, there's Nicky Hager. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah Nicky Hager. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, or, or, you know, the Chinese government see the Dalai Lama mm. uh, as a criminal. Mm. Uh, and, you know, they, they try to force governments all the time mm. to not allow the Dalai Lama to travel to the countries and yeah, speak exactly, within the countries. Exactly. So uh, the, the, the slippery slope argument comes in here that, well, if you... Uh, suddenly uh, it becomes a precedent that you can ban people because of their previous activities or the fact that a, an ally or a trading partner dislikes this political activist or accuses them of previously engaging in illegal acts then there's a whole range of people that are going to end up being um, banned and as I said National actually put forward this argument yeah. uh, in the case of the two alt-right um, figures that it said well it is a slippery slope um, if you start banning people on the basis of their beliefs or ideas 
despite how much you might detest uh, their ideas. And that's not to say that you shouldn't be able to protest against such people and, 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 and show your outrage, but uh, should such people be banned? And again, National shown itself to be complete hypocrites, and now that it is, in my view, that they are now calling for the banning of um, uh, Chelsea Manning. Is, what about the left? Are they hypocrites in this as well? Because, of course, they were fighting for the Canadians not to be allowed to speak in uh, Aotearoa mm. because of their views. Mm. Um, and, and their views could be upsetting to some. And, and I, I maybe Ch- and, you know Chelsea Manning's views is probably upsetting to some as well. Maybe not in Aotearoa, but definitely mm. in the United States, especially staunch patriots. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm sure amongst even military personnel in New Zealand, they'd be very upset with oh. Chelsea Manning coming here. Yep, yep, yep. So, I mean, uh, you know, are the left being hypocritical here too? I think those on the left... Uh, who who have, have blatantly said that uh, they're not worried about the issue of free speech uh, and, and political freedom that um, 